0: Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. You know what? This month we are talking about something that can put an end to you making resolutions and making decisions and, and wanting to go places with your life and not seeing it happen. I'm, I'm I, Listen, I'm just telling you. What we've got for you today and, and, and all of this month is so incredible if you are making choices about, about moving ahead. If you're making choices about, you know what, I'm going to improve the quality of my life. You know, Today we're going to be talking about the power of decision-making because there, there, is all, there are very few powers that you have that are as great as decision-making. But I'll tell you this, there is nothing that people resist more than believing that they have the power to make decisions and that that power and the authority, the right to do that, actually makes things happen. People are afraid to make decisions. People just kind of do the, oh, well, we'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a good try. You know, I, I hope it works out all right. I want to tell you something. You can learn to make decisions based on who we are in Jesus, based on what he has done for us through his death, burial and resurrection, based on the word of God. You can make decisions that actually come to pass by a power that is greater than your power, because it's gonna be the power of God working in you. It's gonna be the power of God manifesting uh, through your life and through your choices. But people are afraid to make decisions because if it doesn't come to pass, then they're going to feel like a failure. Well, I got news for you. I understand that. I face that. We've all had to work through that. But uh, today, I want to introduce you to this decision-making power. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, you got to strap on your seatbelt because today and next week, I'm going to introduce you to some biblical concepts that I, I'm telling you will revolutionize the way you understand your role in planet Earth. You know, um, doubt is an interesting thing. We read the words doubt and, and unbelief uh, in the scripture, and we, we, we sort of assume they're the same thing. Well, doubt and unbelief are not the same thing. Unbelief, in the Greek, is a word where it says there is no belief. There is no trust. And <clears throat> so there are people who have no trust for God. They do not trust that God you know, is going to uphold His Word uh, or that He's going to keep His promises. Um, and usually, we disqualify ourselves from those promises because we believe something that is not true. We have been taught by religion you know, that if we don't live a perfect life, God's not going to answer our prayers and all that kind of stuff. But the real truth is, God answers our prayers and upholds His covenant with us uh, because he doesn't have a covenant with us, he has a covenant with Jesus, and if we are in Jesus and we're making this journey, and I'm not talking about trying to abuse God, trying to put something over on God. I'm not talking about trying to take advantage of God. I'm I am talking about we're just making the journey, and and you know every day in this journey, I don't know about you. But we realize things that, you know what, I need to grow in this. I need to develop this. Or I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing this. So we're always growing. We're always developing. But I got news for you. God knew what he was getting when he got you. These problems that pop up in your life that you just realize today that they're there, God saw those before he ever uh, brought you into his family. When you believed on Jesus as Lord, God knew what he was getting. But the thing is, he's like any parent. You know, I don't know about you, but I didn't expect my kids to come into the world perfect. I expected them to come into the world innocent, but not perfect. And as a parent, I realized it was my job, it was my role to help develop my children to grow up and have character, to grow up and have ethics, to grow up and have morals. And, and so, so I realized it's a journey. You're always working with your kids to help them make this journey. Well, the Bible says, if you then, being evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Heavenly Father Give good gifts to those that that ask. See, God's a much better parent than we are. He's a much more understanding parent, but religion does not want you to see that. Religion wants you afraid of God. Because if you're afraid of God, then you can be controlled by religion. Because anytime you're afraid of God, there's going to be somebody that's going to come along, some bozo that's going to come along and act like they have the secret answer. And if you'll just surrender your life to them, they'll make sure that you're protected and you're covered and all of that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? There's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. And we are in him, and because God made the covenant with him and not with us, us that covenant is immovable; it's unchangeable. The promises are irrevocable, and we don't participate in the promises of God because, really, because we deserve them. We participate in them because we believe in what Jesus did through the death, burial, and resurrection. I am in Him, therefore, I share in the promises that He received or His inheritance. I just get to be a joint heir. I get to share in those promises. So. So belief, that's what belief is about. That's what trust is about. I trust God, I trust what He did through the Lord Jesus Christ. But the word doubt is a whole another animal. Because, see, the word doubt means to have to choose between two things. And so doubt occurs. When, you know, maybe we're, we're trying to believe God for this, but we're look, then we look over at this circumstance or this situation in our life, and, and, and then we look back at this, and, and really doubt leads to wavering. And so uh, uh, sometimes in doubt, we make the choice not to trust God, and we're looking at two things we're looking to trust God, or, 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 or trust myself, or trust the world, or whatever, and, and we choose that. But sometimes in doubt, we just shift back and forth, and that's called wavering. And the Bible says that when we waver, we can't receive. We can't take hold of anything and bring it to ourselves. God's given it. it doesn't mean God's taken it back. It just means that we can't take hold to it uh, and, and, and bring it to ourselves. Now, the way to remove doubt is to build a solid foundation. Now... One of the, you know, I really appreciate all the things we got from the faith movement. I honestly really do. Uh, I benefited greatly from the faith movement. As a matter of fact, I benefited from everything I've ever been in. From, You know, I was in a little denominational church, a little Baptist church when I first got saved. I can't even tell you how much I benefited from that. I can't tell you how much uh, I am thankful that that's where I started my journey. You know, I've been in two or three different kinds of charismatic type churches, and I'm thankful for what I learned there. I've been in, you know, I've ministered in and traveled with and worked with Word of Faith preachers for several years. I am thankful for what I got there. I have benefited something from every part of my journey. But yet, that doesn't mean I bought everything hook, line, and sinker that was being taught. It meant it meant I I, I took the good and left what wasn't so good behind. And so so one of the things that the faith movement, a a great mistake that the faith movement made was, uh, yes, they were teaching us about all of these promises of God. And so everybody was going for the miracles and going for the promises, and we should. I want you to understand something. The Bible tells us it's the promises of God in the book of Peter, it's the promises of God that um, uh, keep us from the destruction that's in the world through lust. And lust is desire. See, if if I'm receiving and participating in the promises of God, then I don't lust for things. I don't desire for things because I'm getting everything I need from God. And and so that's my protection. How good you see God uh, is your protection from having to run off to the world or run off to sin or run off to something else to try to find what you need. So, uh, one of the things we we want to come to this place and realize that that's that's good, but why did so many people in the Word of Faith waver? Why did so many people that knew about the promises of God, knew what Jesus did through His death, death, burial, resurrection? Why did they find themselves wavering when they were facing great challenges? Well, I'll tell you, it's pretty simple: is they didn't have a good foundation. They had all of this, right, this truth, all this right information, but it wasn't built on an absolute foundation. You know, there are in the Bible what I consider to be the two foundational truths of faith. And it all starts in the book of Genesis. And I have found that people that do not have this as a foundation are always going to have some struggles in their faith. And the first one is creation. Do you believe that God, God's account of creation as it's recorded in Genesis is actually accurate and true? Well, you know something we're living in a, in a generation where people just do not believe that people don't, it, it, even Christians try to kind of explain away a uh, creation. It's sort of like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I believe it, but let me just redefine some things here. We don't want to believe that the earth, that, that all the worlds were created in, in six 24 hour days. Now, what's interesting about that, I can't spend any time on it. You can get this in my book, Apocalypse. But the truth is, um, uh, based on current mathematical equations, where they measure the expansion of the universe, they have now mathematically proven that the earth was created in six 24-hour days. And by the way, the, the books that hold this information are on the libraries of MIT and other, other great scientific research centers. And uh, again, you can get that equation from my book, Apocalypse. Because there are so many things that we can't grasp if we don't see God as the creator. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe creation, if you think that's a myth, then at the end of the day, you're gonna have a hard time trusting anything else that God says that's beyond your intellectual grasp because you'll, you'll, everything becomes a myth. So that's one thing, we don't wanna to go too far in that. But here, here's the second, this is the second cornerstone of faith. In Genesis 127, Scripture that everybody knows, if you hear me much, you hear me talk about this all the time. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him and made him male and female. He created them. Now, the second cornerstone of faith is this. I am created in the likeness and image of God. Now, if I'm created in the likeness and image of God, then this means based on what these, particularly based on what these words mean in the original language, it says it right there in the English. But in the original language, it, it, gets, it gets much more uh, uh, clearly expressed, if you will. So I am created like God. This means that I have the same characteristics that God has. This means on to a certain degree, I have some of the same godlike capabilities. Now, <clears throat> religion does not accept this. And sadly, even though people will quote this, even though people from all denominations will quote this verse and say they believe it, the real truth is they only believe it. Mm, kind of as a, as, a as a shallow surface statement of the fact that God created us. And somehow we jump over the fact, okay, God created me, but He created me in His likeness and His image. Now, the very next verse shows us to some of the degree to which God created us in His likeness and image because the next verse says this. Uh, it says, Then God uh, blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply in the earth and subdue it. Now, we, we know that the Bible also says that God gave them dominion. <clears throat> and here, God says that he wants them to subdue the earth. Now, God created the world because he had the right to do this. That's what authority means. It means the right to do something. God created us in his likeness and image, which means we have the authority or the right to do certain things. Now, one of the things that we have the authority to do is to have dominion over the earth or to subdue the earth. And I'm telling you, what I'm gonna, this is the foundation in this. Um, what I'm going to be sharing with you next week is going to blow your mind. I mean, from a scriptural point of view, but you this—you got to get this foundational uh, perspective before we, can, before we can even go there. Now, <clears throat> you hear me say this quite often because we're creating the likeness of the image of God. And because of that, we are the only species that can change the quality of our life by the choices that we make. No other species can do that. So if I have authority, if I have authority, if I have the right to do things, then God is a creative God, therefore I am a creative being. As a creative being, part of my expression of, of who I am is to create. Is to make choices, create things to make my quality of, of, of life better. Now, one of the things we want to realize about the likeness and image of God. Uh, now, now hang on, and this is foundational stuff. This isn't too exciting, but I'm telling you, you, you've got to deal with this if you want to. If you want to get to where you can make your resolutions or your choices or or, or whatever you want to call them. If you want to be able to make these and they happen, they really work in your life, and you don't waver and you don't struggle and you don't give up after two weeks, uh, there's some things you just got to know and believe. Now, one of the greatest religious lies that undermines the faith and the authority of believers, and really it is one of the lies... That causes most of the world to hate God, and that is the teaching of sovereignty. Now, before your head blows up, hold on a minute. I'm not saying God is not sovereign. I am saying the word sovereignty has been redefined, and this is what re- this is what religion does—cults, occults. People who don't have faith, they take words in the Bible and they redefine them, and it sounds like they're saying the same thing you are. And because they're using a word that's in the Bible, then they must be telling the truth. But you see, when you redefine these words to mean something different, you are twisting Scripture, even though you're quoting Scripture. Does that does that make sense? So, the modern religious concept of sovereignty is this: God is in control of everything. nothing happens in planet Earth that God doesn't do or allow now you, you kind of think he's the creator he you know he's God, so evident yeah, makes sense. he can do anything he wants to well. Because of the character and nature of God, first of all, God can't lie. God is not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. If God were to lie, I believe the entire universe would literally collapse because everything that's in the universe, according to the Word of God, is upheld by the Word of His power. And if his word becomes unfaithful, if his word becomes non-dependable, then it cannot uphold all things that exist. That means all things that exist would collapse. So, so, so God can't lie. He, he's not a liar. So the idea that God could say this today and tomorrow or a year from now, God says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. That would be a lie. God will never say one thing and at some point change his mind. You know, the word truth and the word faithful are pretty much the same word in the Hebrew. God is always faithful to his truth. And in fact, that's what makes it truth. If he's not faithful to it, it's not truth. is a lie. You know, a person that says they're going to do something for you that they don't do, that's not truth. That's a lie. And It's the same way with God. If he said he was going to do something and then he doesn't do it, it is a lie. Or if he changes it, you say he's got the right to change it. He's got the right to, but because of his character, because of his integrity, because of who he is, because he is a righteous God, he won't lie. He won't change his word. So, God also. It's interesting. Then, if God gave dominion of planet Earth to man, then the truth is, God could not come back in and take over. He could not make things happen independent of man. Somewhere in planet Earth, making those choices for it to happen. You know, Jesus put forth a parable one time, and man, people do not get this parable. And he says, you know, that a, that a certain man had a vineyard and he let it out or he leased it out. And, you know, when, when he left and, and the people that leased it, of course, they were, they were supposed to, you know, pay him the rent on it, which is give him the fruit of the land. And, uh, and at some point in time, he came back because the people became evil and they would not, they would not uh, uh, agree to the, to the lease agreement. And so the owner comes back and, and takes back over the land. I'm just giving you a thumbnail sketch of it. That parable is a parable about planet Earth and the fact that God leased out planet Earth. God gave authority. See, when you lease something out, I'll never forget one time when I was... A young man, and I rented a house and uh, I, was, I was traveling in my work and uh, I had gone out of state to work. And so the landlord decided he'd come and go through my house. Well, my lease agreement didn't say anything about him having permission to come into my house when I wasn't there. And uh, he called me up and he was giving me trouble about something he didn't like that, that we had there in the house. I don't remember what it was. And, uh, and I just told him, I said, let me tell you something. Uh, you can threaten me all you want to. And I, I said, I'll take care of this problem. You can threaten me all you want to, but I want you to understand something. Right now, you are guilty of breaking and entering because you leased me this house, which means you have no right to come into this house without my permission. And I, was, I, was, I had legal standing and he had to back down. Well, God... According to that parable of Jesus, according to the fact that he gave man dominion in a certain sense has leased planet Earth to man. Man doesn't own planet Earth, but man has dominion in planet Earth right now. Therefore, it is man who makes all of the decisions about what takes place in planet Earth. Now, hold your your thought right there. I just want to mention a couple of things to you. You know, this month I am making you a special offer about my a book in the CD series, uh, Wired for Success, uh, because success isn't just about finances. Success is really the Bible teaches about success being where you, you have more than enough, so you're be able to be at ease, you're able to be at rest, you're able to be at peace, and you're able to even to be healthy and enjoy life. more. God, that's that's the kind of success that God wants everybody to have. And if you're interested in understanding success from a heart perspective, how to get success into your heart, that kind of success, and I'm not talking about greed and all that kind of stuff, but if you want that kind of success, then you want to read my book and go through this, this series on Wired for Success. So, Uh, Check out the special offer we have at impactministries.com and and you want to get this series and you want to dive into this. This will be uh, an amazing opportunity for transformation and you moving into the quality of life that that you want to have. Now, let me just jump down to this. All of the teaching, our definitions of sovereignty all came about from what we call Greek mythology, a time when in paganism they worshiped all of these gods and, and their concept was that all of these gods had control over planet Earth and that the gods just manipulated mankind and used mankind as pawns and played games with them. And really that's how many believers today see God and the devil. You know, God and devil are at war, according to them. And, 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 you know, we're just kind of caught in the middle of it. Well, I got news for you. There is absolutely no biblical standing for, for that concept. And we can't take what paganism taught about gods, apply that to our God and, and, and think that is biblical just because we use some biblical terminology. I want you to realize something. <clears throat> If you believe that God is in control of everything, you are functioning in what is called determinism, and even the scientific world has almost always been in determinism. You have no control over your life. You know you're going to be what your DNA produces. You're going to be what the environment says you have to be. You're going to, you know, in other words, everything about your life is controlled by something outside of you. I want you to know those medical and scientific. Uh, conclusions were not inspired by God and they're not based on God. You have the power to make choices. And here's the incredible thing. When you make true choices, and I'm going to teach you how to make sure your choices are real and are fixed. And I've already given you an assignment last week for you to start on. When you make choices, things inside you start changing And aligning and giving you the energy, giving you the insight, opening yourself up to be able to follow those choices through. And when you commit those choices to God, you experience what the Bible calls grace, the power, the capacity, the strength, the ability that's working from your heart to be able to fulfill those choices. So I want you to understand your beliefs about God. If you believe God is in control, then the real truth is you will never be able to move into the power of making decisions. Because the real truth is you'll always believe that God or the devil or your DNA or something outside of you can override your choices. Well, i got news for you. Your choices override everything. Your choices override the will of God for your life. If you don't make your choices in harmony with God, the will of God will never happen in your life. But we're gonna, I'm going to teach you how to make choices in harmony with God. So I want, you to, I want you to write down some of the choices that if you made these choices... And if you had the power to make these choices, what choices would you make and what would be the difference that would come into your life if you actually followed through on these choices? Like the choice might be, you know what? I choose to be a better husband. I choose to be more understanding. I choose to be more patient, you know, and... What could possibly happen from that? Well, you know what? My wife and I might fall deeper in love. We might have a happier marriage. We might argue less. Listen, there's all kinds of things that can happen when you understand not only do you have the privilege of making choices, you have the responsibility of making choices for your life. Listen, if you're enjoying this, be sure and go to uh, YouTube and do a like or, or subscribe on this. Help us reach people all over the world. I'll be talking to you again next week.